Welcome to the Moms Who Money podcast, where every week we chat about all things related to money, mom life, mindset, and spirituality. I'm your host, Eileen Joy, and I am a money and mindset coach for moms, teaching you how to confidently go from living paycheck to paycheck to making money easy. Money doesn't have to be hard. It is possible to break the chains, and I'm going to show you how. Get ready to join the Moms Who Money. Welcome back to another episode of the Moms Who Money podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm also grateful because you chose to be here. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back and thank you for being here. And if you're a brand new listener, if this is your first time here or if you just started listening, welcome to the family. I really am so grateful for you being here. And I love that you love the content that I'm providing and that I'm providing value to your life. And I think you're really going to enjoy today's topic. Topic because I really do. It's a surprising topic that I didn't think that I would even care about until I really thought about it. So I think you're going to actually love it just as much as I do. This past weekend, I do have to say, was so fun. I spent such great quality time with my son, Sebastian. We did so much this weekend. And one of the things that really stands out was that he is he's about to graduate fifth grade and he's going into sixth grade. In the schools here, where we live, we live northwest of Atlanta in the burbs. Down here in the south where we live, they don't start playing an instrument in school until sixth grade. Where I grew up on Long Island in New York, we started playing in third grade. And, you know, some parents even have their kids learning an instrument even earlier. But like all these years, I've always told my son, look, I started learning when I was in third grade. Do you want to play an instrument? And he really had no interest whatsoever. He always said no. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't going to push. You know, he has so many interests, so it would just be another thing. So I didn't want to keep piling all of that onto him. But this past weekend, it was so interesting because we've been talking about him. He's graduating next month from elementary school and going into middle school next year. And he has to choose an instrument. He doesn't have to, but he wants to. And he wants to join the music program. And it was really cool because a couple weeks ago, the middle school did a program for the students during the day, and then they did a separate one for the parents that same day in the evening. And they had the kids from the music program, the eighth graders, playing. They had the orchestra and the bands and the chorus all perform. And my son was so impressed, and he was so excited. And he came home from school that day saying, I'm definitely going to play an instrument. And he's like, but I have no idea what. (laughs) And I said, that's okay. You don't have to know right now. I used to play the violin. I played the violin from the time I was in third grade and I played through college as well. And then I stopped and I haven't touched it. I still have my violin. It's basically collecting dust in my closet. (laughs) I do dust it. It's like one thing I I do clean. (laughs) But anyway, but you know, my son's like, maybe I'll play violin. And then his father wants him to play the drums. And I said, well, you know, why don't we just keep an open mind and you'll figure it out? He said, okay. You know, I said, just let's just take the pressure off. There's no pressure here. So let's just go to the store and we'll figure it out. So I told him we would go to the music store. We would go to several music stores so he can go and try different instruments. So we did that this weekend and we went to a whole bunch of different stores and he was able to just really be around the instruments and he picked them up and felt them and tried some of them. Obviously not the ones that you have to blow into because you can't do that in the store, but he was able to actually hold them and feel them and see if he felt comfortable with it. He 
was so intimidated by these instruments. It was so interesting because he's usually so confident intellectually and he's very artistic and creative. So I thought he would just be like, oh, this is so great. You know, he seemed very like shy around the instruments and like the big ones were really too big and he wanted something small. So I said, you just start where you feel you need to start. So by the end of the day that we were out, he said he wanted to play the ukulele. And I was like, that is such a cool instrument. I would never would have even thought that you would have chosen that because he started with the violin. Then he was like, no, maybe the cello. Oh, no, I like the trumpet. Oh, I really like the piano. And he was just all over the place. You know, And he's like, I like that. And I was like, well, that's good. You know, let's try them all. And you don't have to choose today at all. You can even take the whole summer and figure it out, you know, so that by the time school starts, you'll have a general idea of where you want to be. So he decided he really wants to play the ukulele. So we're looking into that right now and we're going to get him a ukulele. He said he wants to buy it with his money. He has money in savings that he said he will use to buy his ukulele. And I said, great. And then we also found some videos on YouTube where he can get started and learn some basic chords and get started playing. So we're going to start working on that over, I don't know, the next month or so. And I will report back and maybe I will have him play a little bit. That would be a great idea. I think he would love that. Once he really feels more confident, I'm going to have him play a little bit for you because I think that he would love that. Anyway, so I wanted to tell you about that because I want to also know like, what are you going through with your kids? And like, how old are they? And when did they start playing? How did they choose? Did you tell them what to play? Or did they like go through a process? Or uh, because at his school, they give them one week to choose. That's it. Like the first week of school, they let them explore the instruments. And then they have to choose by the end of the week. And so he told me he was stressed out by that. So that's what sparked this whole idea of, well, let's start now instead of waiting. Plus, I really want him to start now anyway, because it's fun. Let me know what you did with your kids. How old are they? How long have they been playing? Have they Do they play more than one instrument? I'd, I'd love to know. Definitely shoot me a DM on Instagram at EileenJoyMoneyCoach or shoot me a, an email at Eileen at EileenJoy.com. And let me know. I love hearing from you because it takes a village. I say that all the time. It takes a village. It really does. But on to today's topic. This topic I thought was such a cool idea because my son and I got into a great conversation about this the other day and I thought it would be a really interesting idea to talk about on the podcast because the topic actually is how the American lawn became a symbol of the American dream. Like who would have thought the lawn? Like who thinks of that as being the American dream, right? Of course I started to read about it and I went down a rabbit hole for over an hour and I really found it so fascinating. And then after I read more about it, then I talked about it with my son even more. And it's just such a great topic to discuss with anyone, your kids, your family, your friends, whatever. It's so cool. What we started talking about was that Americans invented the front lawn. The backyard is really so different. It has a totally different set of rules if you really think about it. The front yard belongs to the community just as much as it belongs to you, right? It's like each neighborhood has its own look and feel to it just by the way that we take care of the outside of our homes. 
especially our front yards. So if you think about your own neighborhood and the way that it makes you feel when you walk or drive around, the way that you take care of your own front lawn really says so much about you without words. So think about how you feel about your own yard and then how you feel about your neighbor's yards. So do you live in an HOA community, a homeowners association community where you'll get fined if you don't mow your lawn or take in your garbage cans after garbage day or take down your holiday lights or even park a commercial vehicle on your driveway overnight? Do you have to ask permission to cut down a tree or put up a fence? Like this is what living in an HOA community is like, right? I used to live in one when I first moved down here, but I don't now. And it's such a huge difference. You can really tell just by driving around. You can just drive around the area where I live, or even if you have areas like that where you live, and you can tell which community is an HOA run community and which one's not? It's just obvious. The neighborhood, the neighborhood that I grew up in always made me feel so comfortable. Like, you know, like it's home. So whether we would leave for a road trip, like a family road trip vacation, or even if we just went to like a trip to the store, just driving up the hill to my neighborhood always gave me some sort of comfort. Like it was always just knowing that I was almost home, you know? And where I grew up on Long Island, we didn't have subdivisions and HOAs and things like that, like that we do here in Atlanta. It's so different. We're I'm from, you just take care of your house. That's it. Like, you don't have to have someone telling you what you can do and what you can't do. You just take care of it. It's it's such a different mindset down here. It was a lot to get used to when I first moved here. This was something so interesting that I found. I found out that lawns are actually the largest irrigated crop in America. It's actually three times as large as corn crops. Think about it. There's so many more lawns than farms, right? People put in sprinkler systems and buy lawn mowers. And there's just so much to the front lawn. So much to it. So many layers. And it's so interesting to think about this concept because... It's really another topic that you really don't think about in this way. And we spend so much time and effort and money to take care of our yards. But why? Because everyone else is too. You know, the Joneses. The American lawn actually became the symbol of an American dream. You know, the dream where you go to school, get good grades, go to college, graduate, get a job, a J-O-B that keeps you just over broke. And then you get a car, you get married, you buy a house. You creep into debt and then you're stuck until you retire and then wonder what happens to your life. But your lawn's amazing. So, you know, me being who I am, I immediately wondered how this craziness all began. So there's many theories, some that started in England with the elite and wealthy having lawn areas for growing their own crops and then playing lawn games. Then also many homes were separated by large walls like in medieval times. And then now in America, where things at the time were new, right? When when America was first created, everything was new and expansive and land ownership became available to anyone with the cash. So I was reading about this guy, Frederick Law Olmsted. He's known as the father of the American lawn. And he was actually the architect who designed dozens of large city parks like Central Park in New York City and Washington Park in Chicago, Illinois. So after creating all these beautiful parks where like millions of people gathered, in 1868, he was commissioned to create the first American planned suburban community in a suburb of Illinois. And he planned the community very specifically so that there were no walls between homes and all the lawns were touching like it was a park 
park-like atmosphere. And it was then that the largest crop in America simply became a status symbol and a way for us to look and feel good about ourselves. And another way to really fit in the box, right? To be like everyone else and to follow the herd. Now you can definitely make your yard your own. You know, you could make it feel comfortable. You can be excited to be home and you put your own personal touches on it and just really be your own unique self. But you know, I'm not saying don't mow your lawn. You know, you do need to mow your lawn, especially if you don't want the critters and yucky bugs in your home. But generally what most people do is create the backyard their own unique oasis, right? The front yards all typically look very similar. It's almost like you know what they call a cookie cutter type neighborhood. It's it's really interesting. So now the next time that you're in your car and you're driving around, just notice. Maybe even go into a few different neighborhoods that you don't really go into and just look around and see if the neighborhood is a quote unquote cookie cutter neighborhood or not. Now just take notice. Like now that, you know, I always say you can't unhear this, right? So now that you're aware of this whole American lawn thing, go check it out. Once you really open your eyes to all of the things where people are just following everyone else, you can then ask yourself the obvious question of why. Is it for a real purpose or is that a symbol? When I first moved to Georgia, the area where I live, I fell in love with the large McMansions around here. And I really wanted one just like everyone else. I didn't think this way back then. I was one of everybody. I was a Joneses. I was was following, you know, and I was just doing what everybody else was doing. And I did eventually get one. And it was way too much to take care of. And I remember people coming over and telling me how beautiful my house was and how they would love to live in my neighborhood. And I mean, if you know me at all, if you're a friend of mine or if you've been a listener for a while, you know that I hate cleaning. Well, the bigger your house, the more expensive it is to hire someone to clean. Your utilities, your taxes, maintenance on the house. I mean, it's it all can get so costly. So you have to be really prepared for all these additional costs, the bigger your house. The, the more you want to spend on your yard, you know, if you want to put in a pool, all these things. I found out that I, I would looked up the average price to put in a pool in my area, the average price, because people around here put in some really amazing pools, not just a random in-ground pool with nothing. It's like the pool with the stones and the waterfall and the hot tub. It's that's that's an average pool in my area. Forty five thousand dollars for an average in-ground pool. It's a lot of money just for a pool. And then you have to take care of it. And where we live, you're in the pool more than you're not because the weather down here is warm most of the time. So when I moved out of that house, that big house, it was like almost a four thousand square foot house. Then I moved into this tiny little cozy rental home, which I love. The cost automatically became so much more manageable. And then it really wasn't as hard as I thought to manage on my own, you know, because when you're living the life that you're living and you're like, I have all these expenses, you know, you think to yourself, how can I do this by myself? You know, well, you know, size down. And, you know, there's so much less to clean. My utilities are like more than half of what I was paying. You know, it's just such a different experience. Oh, and this is so funny. I have a neighbor in my cul-de-sac. They are obsessed with their yard. Obsessed. I swear. This couple is outside almost every single day doing some kind of project on their home. And I find it so interesting that they still find more things to do. I mean, I've lived in this house now six years, six years, almost six years, six years, I don't know, about six years. And they are always outside. (laughs) 
<laughs> so crazy. They're always going to Home Depot or something. They have two pickup trucks and they always come home with like truckloads of supplies. And I don't know, they seem to love it. They really do. And she's always mowing the lawn and she's like always in like a bikini. It's hilarious. I don't know. It's just so funny. <laughs> It makes me laugh. And she's just always outside mowing or doing something. I've actually, honestly, have never touched a lawnmower. I have no idea how to use a lawnmower. Have you? I mean, I haven't. I don't know. Maybe you have. But I just never had any desire. I don't like cleaning. I don't want to mow. <laughs> I don't want to do a lot of these things. But the really cool thing is my house has landscaping built into the rent, as well as my handyman. I know I've mentioned my handyman before, but it also has landscaping built into the rent. So I don't have to worry about it. Every single Monday, the landscapers come, they do their thing outside, and I never have to worry about it. I honestly love renting right now at this point in my life because I'm still rebuilding my life. And there are many things that I don't have to worry about. You know, when you have to, when you own a home, there's so many things. And when you're renting, you just make a phone call. I love it. You know, it's not for everyone, but like I always say, personal finance is personal. And I've got my own personal reasons for my own financial choices, just like you've got your own. And if you do own your home and you want to sell it someday, you also need to think about the curb appeal. I'm doing air quotes, curb appeal, because of just this very topic, right? When I was a realtor, I would help people sell their homes as well as help buyers purchase a home. So curb appeal was a huge selling point for both. So if you're selling your house, you have to think about what other people think about your house as they drive up and take the first look or even how your house would look in the marketing photos. You can easily scare people away just from a photo or a drive-by. They might not even want to go inside because of how the outside looks. So we're made to believe that the outside of homes need to look perfect. And you need to have an upgraded kitchen and bathrooms and a finished basement. That's the icing on the cake. <laughs> and in our society, everything needs to be moving, and ready and perfect. Oh, and all women need to look like Victoria's Secret models too, right? I mean, perfect, perfect, perfect. So what's your version of perfect, right? So see why I feel so strongly about fitting in this box? It's too stressful. I mean, it all started with a perfectly manicured lawn. And now we can have a whole conversation about how the lawnmower industry came to be and the irrigation system and all the other things, you know, mulch and pine straw and, and you know, garden centers and all these things. There's just so many layers to this onion, right? It'll just keep evolving just because so many industries are so connected just because of the invention of the American lawn. So as always, I hope that you resonated with this topic because it's so interesting, isn't it? So go talk about this with your family and friends. It'll spark some great conversation. And of course, let them know where you heard about it. And please, of course, if you've been a listener for a while or even if you're new, please, if you're loving the show, please go rate the show five stars if you're on Apple or Spotify. And if you're listening on Apple iTunes, you do have the unique ability to go ahead and leave a review. If you're loving the show and you've been listening for a while, please take a minute and go leave a review. To leave a five-star rating, it literally takes one second. 
and to leave a review, maybe 30 seconds to a minute. It really doesn't take very long. Or even reach out to me or take a screenshot of the episode and post it on your stories, post it on your socials and tag me at Eileen Joy Money Coach. And then I'll know which episodes you're loving and I'll be sure to tag you and share your story on my stories. And then you can always send me an email or DM me on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Let me know what resonated with you in this conversation. And of course, remember, thank yourself for taking the time for yourself today because you are always your own best investment. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard today, please share on your social media and tag me at Eileen Joy Money Coach so I can see which episodes you're loving. The only way this podcast grows is by you sharing it. Please rate, review, and subscribe down below. See you next week.